millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, where we hear from you the true experiences you've had with the paranormal and we try to understand them. This week, I can't wait to hear the ghost stories that you've sent in to us. If you've had a paranormal encounter with a ghost, extraterrestrial or something unexplained, send us a voice note into paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com and you could be featured on the next episode. But before we jump into our listener story, I have one of my own ghost stories. And this is one of the first experiences I ever had when I witnessed what I thought was a full apparition of a ghost. So back in the 90s, I was staying with my mum and she lived in a house that was built in the 1970s. And there were only five houses on this cul-de-sac in Cheshire. And it was one particular night I was fast asleep. Well, let me go back a little bit. Prior to this, my mum had been having an awful lot of problems with strange activity in the house. The dog would be barking, uh, doors would be slamming shut on their own. She'd hear footsteps going up and down uh, the staircase and the dog would react to it. Then it got worse. She was having cold, icy blasts of air on her face uh, and the duvet had started to be moved away from her. And then the worst bit and the most frightening bit was when she actually felt herself being pulled out of the bed. And as you can imagine, that's absolutely terrified. So I was in London at the time when this started to happen. So her friends actually suggested that she call in the church. So the church came in, they blessed the house um, and they said everything should, should be fine. So I then was visiting my my mum and was staying with her and I was asleep downstairs and for some bizarre reason I woke up but not just like drowsily waking up slowly waking up my eyes snapped open the room was pitch black it was in the middle of the night and there at the foot of my bed was the top half of what I can describe as a a World War II soldier. He was in a World War II uniform, an army uniform. Um, he was very smart looking. It was in colour and he was very solid. His hair was was dark and very sharply uh, parted to one side and slicked down with what I can describe as brill cream. And he was young. He, I would say he was in his 20s and he was staring straight at me. I mean, he was boring into my very soul with those eyes. I'll never forget it. Well, as you can 
can imagine for those who know me or follow Most Haunted, well, I screamed the place down and I ran upstairs to my mum's where I spent the rest of my rest rest of the night under the duvet shaking. Um, it was absolutely terrifying. But that was the beginning of my love for investigating the history. Oh, and by the way, if you hear any strange noises, it's not paranormal. It's actually my dog, Watson. He's a British bulldog and likes to snuffle around a bit. So it's nothing paranormal, as I say. Anyway, so began my love of digging into the history of buildings. And so I uh, went to the local library and dug up all the history of that particular road and what was uh, built or on that space before the houses were built. Uh, And lo and behold, it was all woodland. And at the bottom of the garden, which is really a wood, there there is a main train track that runs from Manchester right through to London. And apparently during World War II, the troops were shipped from Manchester and Stockport and they would take the troops right through uh, to London. And so they would go on to their journey um, further afield. But one particular young soldier didn't want to fight in the war and allegedly threw himself off the train while it was in motion and was cut in half, basically. And his image has been seen, his ghost has been seen, um, not just by myself, but the other people that lived in those houses in that small cul-de-sac. They also had very strange phenomena where the bed was starting to shake and the poor recipients would be sort of sat in, sat bolt upright in bed screaming because they could feel the whole bed shaking. And, it, you know, some people might think that was quite lucky, but no, it was it was absolutely terrifying. Lots of things were happening to all the different people that, again, similar sort of phenomena, doors banging, noises in the night, footsteps. So why was he haunting here? Was he too frightened to move on? Was he trapped? I do not know. Since then, we've moved out of the house. And funnily enough, no one has been able to live in that house since. And for years before my mum moved into that house, no one had been able to live in it since it was built. It was built in the 70s. They started construction on it. It wasn't really finished. Then my mum moved in and soon moved out again and it lay empty for many, many, many years. I wonder why. Is it cursed? That brings us on to another subject. Do you believe in curses? Can houses be cursed? I don't know. But that was my very first experience of seeing a full apparition and it was solid. And again, that's something we'll talk about uh, in a little bit. This week's first story is from Adam in Canterbury and he had a strange encounter when walking to school one morning with his sister. So about 15 years ago or so, uh, myself and my sister were walking to school in Canterbury and we're walking along a narrow path and a child on a bike, a, a little boy, he, he was wearing, he was like a school kid in like non-school uniform. Um, so I remember he had a baseball cap on and a backpack um, and it was it was it was like a white or grey t-shirt, um, and it was a BMX bike. It was it was thick skin. There was no see-through ghost-like features that portrayed in movies or books. He jumps from behind us onto the road, and then comes back in front of us onto the path, um, and then disappears into a park, which we were about three seconds behind him walking to that park. And in that park, there is literally only one route. There's one path that goes diagonal through the park. Um, 
and then everything else is absolutely clear so you can see all the way around and when we got there he disappeared and we were like oh where's he like where's he gone it was one of those moments like you don't really think much of it um and then suddenly you go oh but he's, he's just disappeared that's a bit weird but a bit of research research later we found out that a child had been killed on a bike at the exact point on the road where he passed us so we were like oh maybe perhaps it was his ghost or some sort of warning to us about what was happening um so it was one of those moments where we didn't think too much about it but then later on when we did some research we were like it can't just be a coincidence that a child passed us in the exact same place that someone else had died um, on a bike at that around that age as well um, and then just disappeared in a park that you couldn't disappear in actually when you we were walking there was we didn't feel any shivers at the time like I said at the time it was no um, weird feeling it was no think nothing to think about other than the fact that where did he go within that three seconds of us losing eye contact with him because there was nowhere for him to go there was no photo of the child in my research when I looked it up um, but the, the 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 death of that child happened about 10 years before the event happened so about 25 years ago now so there would been no chance I would have known the person as well um, so it was it was quite a strange one really so I don't know what prompted me to do the research to find out what had happened and why but something like self-conscious why I went and did that research so something must have happened at the time to make me think well that wasn't normal that was a bit paranormal what a fascinating story I absolutely love this but I believe that this was definitely the ghost of the child who died on the bike the fact that the child seemingly disappeared into thin air is certainly a fascinating part to the sighting. But when Adam discovered that he witnessed the boy on his bike in exactly the same place he died, for me, that's far too much of a coincidence. Um, and the fact that Adam made the efforts to inquire about the boy, obviously the sighting had such an impact on him uh, and had to go to such lengths about uh, an everyday occurrence strikes me that Adam definitely witnessed the boy's ghost. Now, I've spoken to many people who didn't realise at the time that they were actually talking to a ghost uh, or seeing a ghost. It's only after the situation has taken place um, does the recipient of the ghostly encounter realise not all was what it seemed. And I love hearing people's descriptions of seeing ghosts, and most of them are similar in all their descriptions. Uh, I, I'm always the first to say, what did it look like? Tell me what it looked like. Please describe it. Was it see-through? Was it opaque? What was it like? And the most common description, believe it or not, is that the ghost is as, as solid uh, as, as uh, a normal-looking person like you or me. You know, I've had experiences like that, too, that I can think of at the top of my head. Um, the first time that I saw a full solid, I've seen a part as, as discussed in, in the first part of the show, but a full solid apparition um, was in a haunted location. And I was with three other people, crew members, and we were de-rigging um, from filming an investigation. And we all saw this man in a window and it was a tall window from top to bottom. We weren't filming and we all stood up and we knew nobody was in that building. We'd all turn the lights off. We'd locked all the doors. We were packing everything away in the cars. And this person 
was moving weirdly, like rocking from side to side. And it was it was a solid person. And then it disappeared. It must have been standing there and moving from side to side. It wasn't a shadow. It was a solid person. You could even see the outline of its hair. Uh, and it was like frizzy hair. And uh, they just disappeared. And the three of us just looked at each other and went, did you just see that? Yep, I've just seen that. And it was really extraordinary. We went back into the building, unlocked the doors, went back into the building, turned the lights on. Hello, hello, is there anybody there? There's no, and there was nobody there. Absolutely extraordinary. So for me, that was... And it was solid. So are ghosts solid? Are they always solid? You know, when you see them slightly see-through or opaque, if you do witness that, is that because they don't have enough energy to fully materialise? I was investigating Shrewsbury Prison, and it's actually, I think you can actually see it on, on the uh, the programme where we filmed there. And I saw, it was, it was, a, it was an awful uh, image it was of a man crouching down. I can describe, he had a bald head. He was a big, big guy, big muscles, big shoulders, like he'd been working out. And he was squatting down behind a wall. I saw the top of his head and his shoulders. And then the most frightening thing happened. He raised up slowly as if going from a squatting position into a standing position. And I saw him, his full solid body and apparition. I screamed, I pointed, I said, there's a man there. There's a man here now. And we all ran towards him and there was nobody there. We searched the building, there was nobody. It was that solid and real that I thought somebody had broken into the building. Shortly after this encounter, we were all completely bombarded with flying snooker balls that were coming at us, not just softly, but thrown with violence and force. And that really frightened me. Um, again, that's something we'll talk about uh, later on in the podcast is, you know, this sort of violence of, of uh, projectiles and uh, which involve, you know, which is part of poltergeist activity. So those are the two uh, two encounters that I can think of where I have seen solid apparitions. And that's what makes me really believe Adam's story. You know, he did see that the, the ghost of the little boy. Uh, but what intrigues me is why is he, this ghost, replaying being on the bike, going through the whole motion again and again? 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiya, we're here to tell you about the Loose Lips podcast. We, being me, Georgie Porter. And me, Sharon Carpenter. We're all about honesty and not holding back, especially when it comes to what's in the news. Plus, we answer your questions and we give you advice whenever it's asked for. Even when it's not asked for. We're all about what you're really thinking and what you really want to know. You can expect to hear some of this. I have to say, come on, people, we're we're getting a little too sensitive here. And also some of this. She is plugging her entire career in that one moment. That's the Lose Lips podcast out every Tuesday and not forgetting Extra Lippy on Fridays. Find it wherever you found this podcast. We'll see you there. Now, this is the part of the podcast to discuss some of the phenomena that has been recorded and to give a bit of context to the types of ghostly phenomena that can be found. Now, firstly, I just want to say there are no experts when it comes to the paranormal or the supernatural. The only thing that we can rely on is our own experiences and, of course, reliable witnesses. My experiences have spanned over 20 years. I'm certainly no expert, but I'd like to share with you my encounters and then you can make of them what you will. So let's begin with hauntings. This is a huge subject with varying degrees of theories and beliefs. So how many types of hauntings are there? Well, let's begin with the residual haunting or also, as I like to call them, the stone tape theory haunting. Now, I'm putting them both in the same category as they both are very similar. A residual haunting seems to occur infrequently. The ghost doesn't interact with the human witness, but simply manifests itself, carrying out an act, either walking, running, eating at a table, sewing, talking on a phone, uh, or like the little boy in Adam's story. Uh, The witness is amazed to watch a spirit walk through one wall, turn and wave at someone and then disappear through another wall. The spirit doesn't seem to have seen the human witness and the witness feels like they have watched a scene uh, play out uh, in the cinema. And what's even weirder is this haunting is seen over and over again on repeat, uh, the ghost going through the same motions. Sometimes this haunting can occur only once a year, perhaps when that particular spirit has died, and then this becomes known as an anniversary haunting. Now, one such anniversary haunting appears in St Mary's Church in Kemsing in the UK. Every year on the 29th of December, the ghost of a knight is believed to walk into the church. I mean, how frightening to see this. Kneel down at the altar. Then he seems to pray for a moment and slowly he begins to dematerialize, only to be seen 
a full year later, going through exactly the same routine. Again, the ghost does not interact with any witnesses and seems to be playing out something that they did when they were alive. So the stone tape theory is basically the same. But according to some scientists, they believe that the stones of a building act like a tape recorder, sucking in information, pictures and sounds. And then when the right atmosphere is correct, the image is played out 50, 100, 500 years later. Now, I myself have witnessed this phenomena and I can only tell you what I experienced. And the first time I heard about uh, the stone tape theory, I actually laughed. I actually thought, oh, for goodness sake, this is ridiculous. How can this be? But when I witnessed the phenomena for myself, uh, I can only say it, it was real. And I now believe in this stone tape theory. So we were filming, again, Most Haunted, and it was uh, at Wentworth Woodhouse, which is, um, I think it's the largest uh, house, privately owned house uh, in the UK, maybe Europe. I'm not quite so sure on that one. Anyway, we were filming there. And we, we were in the stable block. Myself and another member of the team were off investigating a different part, and we were walking back to the stable block. Upon entering the stable block, there were a set of stairs, two sets of stairs actually, one going off to the right and then one going off to the left. And on the stairs to the right, uh, Stuart, one of my uh, investigators, was walking. It was in the dark, so we could just make him out. He was walking in a really odd-like manner. And it was like he was in slow motion. And myself and my colleague said, Hey, Stu, everything all right? He didn't answer us. He didn't look at us. Nothing. He just carried on walking and disappeared into the darkness. We went up the steps and turned left. We went up the steps and we heard voices down the other end of the corridor only to discover Carl and Stuart. Oh, hi, what are you guys doing here? We've just seen Stuart, that, that's really weird. No, I wasn't there. And we just dismissed it and thought it was just a bit strange. And maybe, you know, we, Stuart had found a back way or something. We couldn't explain it and just thought it was odd. It was only when we were in the edit a couple of weeks later that we saw this image. And Carl and Stuart are together. They're behind the camera. They hear noises coming from the staircase. And they hear footsteps. And unbeknownst to them, they think they've caught an image on camera, but not too sure. But they see something walking, a man walking in the distance. So Stuart decides to chase it on camera and... He doesn't catch it and it disappears. But on camera, on film, you can clearly see it's Stuart. And Stuart is chasing himself. Now that to me is, it just completely messed with my head. It made headline news around the world. Most Haunted caught a ghost for the very first time. But we were the first to actually say, it's not a ghost. It's not a ghost. It's Stuart. And this is where we brought the stone tape theory into play because it's the only explanation we can come up with. 
is that for some bizarre reason, Stuart in the day, whenever the cameramen arrive, they go off on their own in the daytime and they go and get GVs. GVs, lots and lots of general views and close-up shots of all the different rooms that we're going to investigate. So Stuart and Greg and uh, Carl were going off on their own and shooting. Now, was this a recording of Stuart walking up those steps earlier on in the day and was it being replayed for us all to witness? I don't know, but I know what I saw with my eyes and I know my colleague saw it too. We saw Stuart. We saw him. The, ca- the camera recorded it, but Stuart wasn't there. Absolutely extraordinary to me. So that's the stone tape theory. Again, like I say, I laughed when I heard about it. But now I've experienced it, I can truly say it's real. And there's a there's a wonderful saying, actually. It, it comes from George Harrison. I'm a massive Beatles fan. And George Harrison, uh, for those of you who know about um, him, was a, a very spiritual man. And he always said, we're, we're asked from when we're small children to believe in something, uh, a God, um, to believe in all these different religions and, and, and put our faith in something that we can't see. And we grow up with this and he wanted proof. He wanted proof of something um, before he would believe in it. And so he had his own spiritual uh, experiences and hence he became a huge believer in an afterlife. And that's what's happened to me. Um, I very much um, didn't believe in religion. I didn't believe in a God before I started my experiences with the paranormal. And now, now I've seen and heard so much How can I not believe in an afterlife? And how can I not believe in the stone tape theory and apparitions and ghosts? I certainly do. And another favourite story of mine that has to be the famous treasurer's house in York, North Yorkshire. So many people have reported seeing the ghosts of Roman soldiers, a whole legion of them marching in the cellars of this very famous house, treasurer's house. If you've not been to York, you need to go. It's one of my favourite places and it's incredibly haunted. So many buildings there, so much history. It's absolutely fantastic. But Treasurer's House is, for me, um, the best because it just holds this amazing uh, story, which I'll just share with you very quickly. So the best known account comes from a gentleman called Harry Martindale, and he was a retired policeman. And he was only young and he was down in the cellars of Treasurer's House, very brave at the age of 18. And suddenly he hears the sound of a trumpet as you do in the cellars and how scared he must have been because then he saw coming out of the wall against um you know where he was working the wall he was working against he saw the top of a soldier's helmet and can, can you imagine the absolute fear he leapt from his ladder he watched in absolute disbelief i would imagine terror horror He must have been terrified and frightened as behind uh, the trumpet player, get this, plodded a horse and about 20 soldiers all marching to abreast. Apparently they were carrying lances, round shields and short swords. Um, And according to uh, the 18-year-old Harry, the men looked incredibly dirty and very tired. Um, As you can imagine, 
he must have been petrified. He shot up those stairs. I mean, if that had been me, I think I would have died on the spot with heart failure. He crashed into the curator who said, um, before Henry could utter a single word, the curator said, quote, by the look of you, you've seen the Romans. How incredible though, to see what that young gentleman saw. Um, not only did he see the ghost of a Roman soldier, but a whole horse, a whole legion. It's absolutely incredible. And that's why I love that story. So this residual anniversary or stone tape theory haunting uh, is in my belief, not the will of the ghost wanting to haunt, but the building or ground replaying a moment in time over and over and over again. Next time, we'll be talking about poltergeists. Well, thank you so much for listening to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding. We'll be back at the same time, same place next week. Stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review. We want to hear from you. Send in your paranormal stories to paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. That's paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. And remember, things aren't always as they seem. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.